Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey everybody, welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your Chief Lounge Lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. This is the show so nice we did it twice. Well, actually, a lot of people asked us to. So that's our story, and we're sticking to it. We uh, did a show, uh, some of you uh, will probably remember, on Great Gaming Moments, where we got a bunch of lounge people together from the gang and talked about some of the greatest moments in gaming history that we had, personally. We weren't trying to rank them, like, you know, which is better, Star Wars or <laughs> um, the third movie, you know, whatever. But we did, uh, it was just basically our personal picks for times when we thought it was really cool to be a gamer. And uh, apparently it resonated really well with you all, because we got a slew of emails from people People telling us their best gaming moments. So what I did was I I collected um, a bunch of those together, and I also collected Todd Hargosh and Kelly Adams, our gamer geeks. Uh, so we're going to do their best moments and your best moments, and it should be a lot of fun. So uh, Todd and Kelly, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right. So starting off, so the the one thing about great gaming moments that we discovered in the last show, guys, is that they don't really have to be super epic things. Sometimes they are, like the first time you've seen Pac-Man, but sometimes they're just neat little things like when a game tells you to go to bed because you've been staying up too late. Um, <laughs> so it, it just it just depends. I mean, it's just something that... Um, that you don't get in any other media, really, um, and it's really a personal thing. So um, I wanted to start with. Um, well, let me start with. Let me start with a reader. What do you say? Let me pull up a reader because yeah. we don't get too many reader comments all the time. So uh, I'll start with um, this mail from Carter Phillips. And he says, Dear Gin Lounge, loved your show on Great Gaming Moments. And since you plan to do another one, which, which is this one, um, I wanted to share my personal gaming experience that sticks out in my mind. I started playing Grand Theft Auto 3. The first mission where you break out of jail happens, and then you were given a new mission right after that to really get established in the world. Nothing new there. But then something awesome happened. They just kind of cut me loose. I could go on other missions, but I could also wander the world, beat people up, steal cars, whatever. I really didn't know what to do. It was the first time I experienced an open world, and I was like someone living underground suddenly thrust to the surface. My agoraphobia had me stunned in place. Eventually, I put one foot in front of the, of the other, in front Eventually, I put one foot in front of the other, and nothing would ever be the same again. And that comes from Carter Phillips. So, um, that, I was thinking back, Todd, and I think Grand Theft Auto 3 might have been the first open world that I experienced, but um, not for you, right? Didn't Wasn't uh, Shenmue like the first open world that you played? Yeah, it was uh, not as elaborate as GTA 3's, but I was able to go around and do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I spent playing, going to the arcade and playing um, Space Harrier and Hang on ad nauseum. <laughs> That's so funny. You spent your time playing a game inside another game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like I remember when we finally got to the arcade. A couple of friends and I were just like, "Let's stay here for a while." <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, so uh, so Todd, what what about you? What's a what's a? I mean, you've been you've been gaming forever and ever and ever. So what's what's a gaming moment on your list that uh, made you thankful that you're a gamer? Well, it's ironic you mentioned Shenmue because uh, I was gonna say on my list I had nine nine ninety nine listed. Which was the uh, launch date of the Dreamcast? Oh, good old nine nine ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. 
Remember the night I got it, I was upset with, with our local store, who won't, who won't mention. I think we know who that is, <laughs> because they were one of the few that would not do a midnight launch, unlike everyone else. I, you know, I vaguely remember that. You ended up having to go in in the morning and pick up your game, right? Well, it was at 6 o'clock in the morning, and the only thing I could pick up at the time was Soul Calibur. I had NFL 2K and Sonic Adventure um, on reserve as well, but again, per my luck with uh, pre-ordering games, they they had a delay in shipment. It wasn't going to come to later that afternoon. Mm. So I got home, played Soul Calibur for a couple hours, finally got to sleep because I had I battled insomnia the night before thanks to that store not getting not doing the launch. And when I got up, picked them up, and that night we all went to our friend's house, hooked up mobile Dreamcast systems together with TVs, and had our own little game room set up. Wow. So you each, uh, you were all playing different games? Mm-hmm. Like I was playing Soul Calibur and NFL. Someone else was playing Hydra Thunder, which is ironic that we're talking about that today, considering that the uh, live arcade version came out as the day we're recording this. Oh, yeah. I was playing that, be- I was playing that before we were, we were recording. Uh, we had that. Let's see. We we had Power Stone, the original Marvel vs. Capcom. I mean, it turned out to be our own little game room. We were playing until like about two, three o'clock in the morning. Well, you know what's funny about that is that um, you were basically you're basically describing a land party, but nothing was linked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so wow, prim- hey, go figure. A year later, we'll be doing a land party uh, with uh, when the Xbox came oh, out for Halo. Right, right. But you were actually linking by then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Kelly, what, what about you? What's what's a gaming moment that you remember uh, front and center in your illustrious gaming career? <laughs> it had to be when uh, Resident Evil came out for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Of getting that, and it's like, wow. That was the first, we were over at a friend's house, all of us were playing it, and that was where we were thankful that Walmart was open 24 hours, because we ran there and had to get a strategy guide. Because we were getting our butts handed to us. Oh wow! So y- yeah. it wasn't a puzzle thing. It was. It was. You were just getting swamped by enemies and stuff. Yeah. So we were kind of wanting a heads up on how many was going to be in that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we knew what no, ammo to have. <laughs> you have no idea when I kept going to the store how many times I kept hearing you got this snuff Resident Evil. It almost got to the point where I was about rate, to rate that over Final Fantasy as my most hated series <laughs> because of because of all of everybody asking about it. The uh I jumped into the Resident Evil series very very late. I jumped in with Resident Evil 4, <laughs> which wasn't all that long ago, and uh I had a really good time with it. Um but you're right, you have to be careful with your ammo. Um Yeah. And then didn't they like do something where they kind of changed the series and it went to Africa and and it wasn't quite as good as the old ones? Yeah, that's what they did for five. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I haven't gotten five yet, so maybe, maybe I'll avoid it. Yeah. Just remember, uh, based on my past experiences with a certain, with a certain internet troll, maybe it's a good idea you stay away from it. By the way, it gave me grief about moving and shooting at the same time. Oh right, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. So, despite every critic on on the planet criticizing that, even my buddy Yahtzee went off on it. <laughs> And fuzz oh, now it's your buddy? <laughs> you don't know sarcasm when you hear it. Yes, you can tell when Todd is being sarcastic because he's talking. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. No. When he uh, mentioned that, I was like, finally, we agree on something. Oh, I like uh, I like what Kelly said about Resident Evil. You know, the game that I fell into in the same vein, and I know Todd doesn't like this series very much, but Silent Hill, for whatever reason, really spoke to me. I mean, and it really started, again, I started late in the series. I started with Silent Hill 3, 
And I just, I, I don't know if I was identifying with the characters or the mix of the real world and the, the dangerous evil world, uh, or, or something, but I don't know, I just, I really, really like that series. And then of course they totally lost it with 4. 4 was just a horrible game. And they haven't really had a good one since 3, unfortunately. Yeah. And we were talking about, you said about lost, having to be uh, real conservative with your ammunition. Mm-hmm. I got another one in mind, and I was just playing it yesterday, System Shock 2. <laughs> Because there, not only did you have to be careful about your ammunition, you had to be careful about how many times you use your firearm because the weapon will break eventually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this, the old space zombies will get you. <laughs> I mean, they're with shotguns. When you kill them, they're automatically at a damage level of one, so you can't even use them. Mm-hmm. All right, well, from, from violent, horrible horror games to something a little bit more um, a little bit more fluffy uh, we have a, a um, email in from Sally Diego I'll, uh, I'll pull her up here rattle the paper uh, so you guys know I'm reading from a piece of paper uh. and it says Jin uh, Gang not sure how old school you want to get but the moment for me that I wanted to be a gamer for the rest of my life was when I started playing Sim Ant it was surprisingly in depth but also as simple as a child with an ant farm. I saw what a computer can do and learned a lot about ants in the process. To this day, I am kind to ants. They have a pretty hard life, so I try to give them a little slack when they get into my cereal box. And that is Sally. So, um, uh, did either of you two play Sim Ant? I actually did. I don't remember it too much. I remember you could drop ice cream cones on the ground and the ants would come and get them. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I've only heard of it. I never played it. Yeah, it was. It came out when during the Sim craze. If you guys remember, there was Sim City, and then there was Sim Earth, and then there was like Sim Ant. <laughs> yeah, Sim Tower, Sim Copter. Yeah, there was Sim Streets of Sim City. Yep. <laughs> there was the only one I played at the time was Sim City 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was Sim everything. That was when uh, that was back in the heyday of the Sim thing. But uh, but Sim Ant was it was it was an interesting take on things, and um, I may have to go back and see you know after reading Sally's thing because I I hate ants, um, so maybe if I play I'll uh, I'll go get get an appreciation for ants again or something. So be all sympathetic like yeah. Oh, the poor ant. He's got a hard life. I won't crush him when he tries to get into my coffee or whatever. So, all right, Todd, back kicking it back to you. What's another great gaming moment from your past? Oh, I I got one for those who are like me and hate FMV Overkill. Oh no! One of the few, one of the few times that FMV actually turned out to be really good. Oh, okay. And that was when I witnessed the ending of Wing Commander Four. Ah, uh, Wing Commander. The, the ending of lasted about twenty minutes, but was well worth the twelve million dollar price tag on the game. Yeah, Wing Commander. It looked beautiful. I mean, and Wing Commander. It was funny when I went to buy it in the store. Uh, I just remember there was this big like orange sign that apparently was like handmade by the guys that worked there that said this game comes on cd you must have a cd to play the game yeah. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> because i mean it was i mean there was no way they were going to get all that fmv on the discs which was no. the main install method at the time so yeah. and i was lucky enough to check out the all the scenes on dvd oh wow yeah, because when uh, Creative Labs came out with a DVD uh, drop kit, they packed one Commander 4 with it. Mm-hmm. And just watching the final uh, Senate scene alone and uh, the final result of Tallwind, I mean, it was phenomenal. 
what the production quality of that. Well, the the How? the actual game was good too. I mean, I think that was mm-hmm. the first time where you had really realistic looking space scenes and stuff. It wasn't like the cartoon type of graphics we were used to. It was it was approaching what we would consider today to be you know realistic graphics. I mean, but like I said, I would love that, but it was the storyline that really drew me in. And then, of course, Chris Roberts went and effed it up with the full, the theatrical movie. Oh, yes. Which I will never mention again because I know I nearly got fired for a comment that I made about Freddie Prince Jr., <laughs> which I still stand to to this day. Yeah, well, you did give the movie a zero gin gems, which was, which was mm-hmm. probably worthwhile, I guess. So, but it was kind of neat. You did make one funny comment in, a, in addition to your heartless, soulless comment about Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> you, uh, you said that you know one company that will survive into the new millennium because everything was a Nokia phone in that movie. No, it was, a, it was a video display. Yeah, yeah. It had Nokia on, and it wasn't until I saw a re- recent review by internet comedian Spoony one that they under the monitor it actually misspelled the word security breach. Really? Breach is spelled B R E E C H. How can I forget something like that? Maybe I was too busy. Saying, oh, great, there's product placement for you. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see the word breach misspelled. <laughs> or, of course, Tallwin's name being misspelled, too. So, T-O-W-L-Y-N. <laughs> so not only was the movie horrible, but they didn't hire a spell check editor. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, Which doesn't make sense, considering Chris Roberts, the director of the games, directed the freaking movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, well. Nice. So <laughs> Kelly, uh, while, while, while Todd, uh, spits all his acid out, uh, what, what's another one from you? Oh, it has to be. Another PlayStation dice was like, it's killing me when I started writing them down. I was like, hell. Um, Abe's, the Odd World series. Oh. Abe's, I mean, I'm sorry, when that little thing first said, hello. That was it. He had me. <laughs> but knowing that, you go, hello, and you could fart, and you can interact with the other little things, and follow me. It's great. I love that game. So I've loved all the Odd World games. So you're saying he had you at hello? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a huge um, series at the time, um, and still is. I mean, they still make games for it. I still see him. There's like. On Steam, there's like 50 of those Oddworld type games that you can download and play. So, I mean, it must have it must have been popular. It reminded me the the cuteness factor kind of reminded me of one of my games that I I don't know if it'd be a great gaming moment or not, but it was. Um, now, Todd, when I mentioned the Creatures game, you're probably going to bring up Semen on the Dreamcast, which was the same type of thing where it was sort of like an artificial intelligence. Um, but the Creatures games. Where you had these little furry creatures and you could train them, supposedly. I mean, I guess allegedly, because I never got mine to do anything. Um, but you could train them and, but they had actual artificial intelligence, but they had different levels of intelligence. So you had smart ones and dumb ones. And I think I randomly rolled dumb ones the entire time because I had this one and I'm trying to teach him language. So I point to the toy in the room. And I'm like, toy, T-O-I, you know, I'm telling him, toy, 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 this is a toy. And the dumb thing thought that his name was toy. (laughs) So when he got tired, he goes, toy getting sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, toy need to go to special ed, I think. (laughs) No, my semen never said anything like that. Yeah, didn't semen, like, talk to you and learn your name and stuff like that? Yeah, like, learned about my background, about my age, um... Where I was from, I told him I was, I was living in Virginia, and he responds with, with his 
awesome pseudo George Takei accent. He's like, you know, I hear Virginia is for lovers. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, oh, I, mean I always wondered that. I always wondered if that was George Takei voicing that, which would be ironic because when you start the game, it was voiced, it was narrated by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, right, right. You had seven George Takei teaming up on that. Um, Check on IMDb. That's the best site to find out who did the voice on the games and stuff. Good, good old Seaman. He was, uh, he was a character. He was kind of like Kinect, Kinect, like the new Microsoft Kinect games, but without the camera or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, let's see. What did I want to bring up? Um, oh, well, I brought up creatures, so that was kind of mine. So, Todd, it's uh, it's back to you. Uh, well, that was Kelly's term. I guess I was wrong. No, well, Kelly uh, brought up um, Kelly. Kelly you know. Yeah, that little Halo <laughs> guy, Abe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I don't, I don't pay attention to that series. Or, or you don't pay attention when Kelly's talking. One or the other. Yeah, <laughs> busted. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no, I. I got one. The ability to, to finally have finished a game 15 years after it came out. So you couldn't finish it initially? Well, when I first played it, no. Okay. Until I heard about a potentially god-awful remake coming out, and that was XCOM. Oh, XCOM, yep. Was, um, I mean, when I when I first heard about XCOM coming back, I was really excited about it. And then I heard it was going to be a shooter taking place in the 1950s, and I knew it was not going to be the same game. And my response was to get online or pull out my copy of XCOM, get all the updated patches, played it. A couple of days later, I finally finished the first game. That's pretty cool. I uh, I finished the first game, but um, I think most of my team was dead because, unfortunately, the one, I guess, flaw with that game was that you didn't – well, the aliens had that um, psych, psych – Psy powers, you know, basically, where they could, like, melt your brain and stuff. Yeah, the ethereals. And you didn't know whether your team was immune to that, to that type of attack or not until you got almost towards the end of the game. And if you ended up with a whole team that didn't have any natural defenses, you couldn't win the game. Well, one thing I did that helped out was, you know, you can change your uh, character names. Right. Anyone who had a high psionic resistance, I usually put a PSI after his name. Oh, that, okay. that way I'd send them the Sidonian face to Ethereals. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I wasn't able to get the mind control to work on them, but at least I was able to resist it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, actually, we have another guy who um, wrote in with an old school game, uh, so I'll give give him a prop. And his name is Arthur Knowles. And um, he says, for me, nothing will compare to Railroad Tycoon. I'm a hobbyist and have miles of model train tracks in my basement. I wonder if Arthur Knowles has a girlfriend. Anyway, um, <laughs> but when Railroad Tycoon came out, it really extended that experience for me. I could control real trains, simulated anyway, and drive them across the country. And it was always different. Changing my physical layout at home is a months and months long process. But with the game, it happens in the blink of an eye. Railroad Tycoon 3 was the best in the series. When it came out, my real model trains gathered quite a lot of dust. Thank you, Arthur. Sorry about teasing you. I'm sure you have lots of girls that like trains. <laughs> so uh, did you guys play any of those type of games? I did play Railroad Tycoon 3. I didn't play the first two. You played Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm-hmm. I, didn't play, I didn't play Railroad. 
I used to play multiplayer Railroad Tycoon against Nate, and Nate, being the business person, would kick my butt every single freaking time. <laughs> so. And probably take great pleasure in doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I got him back though. We used to play Age of Empires, and he couldn't, he couldn't even get a, ch- a chariot off the ground against me in that game, at least. So. Jeez. All right, uh, Kelly. What about you? Do you have another one you want to throw on the fire? Uh, yeah, it would have been probably the first time we had a uh, full-blown rock concert in my living room with a drummer, a bassist, a guitarist, and me on vocals. And it would have been with Rock Band. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when uh, Rock Band first came out, and they did a really ingenious thing. They uh, they, they set up like a bus or a um, trailer, truck tractor trailer or something, and they would drive it around to like Best Buys and stuff, and they would sit there and play it. And and it was just like you could just he- hear the Guitar Hero people freaking out because it was like wow drums <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do not the war drums were sounding <laughs> so remember when I did that at VGX even the Guitar Hero staff came over to play it <laughs> <laughs> really yeah that's hilarious and actually I ended up working with the uh, Rock Band tour crew for that since it was so much fun mm-hmm. well Kelly would you say that would you say that um, I mean, sort of, in a sense, like what Todd was talking about, like his primitive, um, his primitive LAN party, where it was, you know, a bunch of people playing different games, and and then we have the actual LAN party sort of in the middle, and then what you're describing is kind of almost like a future type of LAN party where everybody's there playing a single game and doing their own tasks. Yeah, it's separate instruments, you know, working together as a team to for a, a final effort. We just score. Yeah, and uh, and bragging rights. Does everybody give each other the high fives when you when you hit the um when you do the uh the extended ending and you all hit the final notes right? Oh yeah, and oh you hear it if somebody misses it. <laughs> the one note because it's easy for the vocalist to do it because all we have to do is just make a noise in the mic and pop it open and it's cool. We don't have to worry about hitting any combination or anything. Mm-hmm. So. But it's it's funny when somebody does and we're like, oh, real good, real good, yeah, way to just let us down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You can shame them into getting better. So. Oh yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm out of reader comments. Um, I did want to mention one game, um, that I had, uh, that I meant to mention in the first show and I didn't get to. So I'm mentioning it in this show because I almost didn't get to it again, and that is. Um, a game called Starflight. I don't know if either of you remember Starflight. Todd, did you ever play Starflight? I've read about it in some computer magazines, but I never played oh, it. It was so awesome. It was by a little company called Binary Systems, and it was published by a little company called Electronic Arts, which was a little company at the time. Um, and it came in like a little placard, like the Infocom games used to come in. Um, you know, it was really weird, but you could fly, you were exploring space. And they had like maybe 300 planets or solar systems that you could visit. And maybe, maybe each solar system had anywhere from no planets to like 10 planets. And you could literally land on any single spot on any single planet and, and drive around and do stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff to do on the planets, but they were all rendered. And I, I just thought that was the first truly open, completely open universe game. You could go mine and stuff like that. And it reminds me a lot of, 
like um, Mass Effect. Um, I haven't got to play Mass Effect 2, but it sounds like Mass Effect 2 is even sort of moving closer to that type of thing where the planets aren't exactly completely scripted. I mean, but this was completely unscripted. You want to talk about open world, that was the first open universe game. So I, I was very impressed with it, and it still has a place of honor on my bookshelf. <laughs> So um, that is uh, Starflight. So if you can find it anywhere and you can find a computer that's slow enough to run the thing, I would highly recommend it. They could always run it on – sounds like they can run it on DOSBox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could run it with an emulator, I'm sure. So, um, But weeks – it was sort of – you want to talk primitive, primitive land. This is how primitive land we played it. We would play it on our own computers at our house, and we would call each other on the phone and be like, okay, we're going to head over to this planet. Were, were you heading there? Okay. And we'd be on the phone like, you there yet? No, not yet. Almost there. <laughs> and that was – it was a primitive, primitive land party. We would all be exploring together separately over the phone. <laughs> so – About tying up the phone line. It's amazing that your mothers weren't bitching everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we did it at night mostly. They were asleep or something. So – all right. Well, uh, our time, as always happens with these shows, go a little long. So I'm going to give each of you one more – one more uh, shot at uh, great gaming moments. So if you have a bunch more on your list, pick the best one, and we'll start with you, Todd. Uh, put me on the spot. What are you? <laughs> He's like, I've got 18 uh, of them. What am I supposed to do? Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> well, all right. The one you, always, you all make fun of all the time. The day I made a PR rep cry for admitting the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Grandpa when Todd, I, tell us a story. When I went off on the uh, PR rep about Shenmue 2, when I told her it was not going to come out for the Dreamcast because the Sega basically stabbed us all in the back, mm-hmm. and she would not believe me, and then it got canceled a week before the launch. <laughs> yes, and you forgot the part where she was like, no, no, it's coming out. It says it on my clipboard, and you were like, liar, liar, you harlot. I, I never call her a liar. Her at the stake. Can't exaggerate that stuff. I mean, I know I eventually apologized, but when that when I got the note saying it was canceled, I emailed her with the words "I told you so," and she was still crying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, way to just grind salt right in that wound. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, the truth hurts. She's now the vice president at Electronic Arts, and they will never advertise <laughs> with us. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Ke- Kelly, what about you? Hopefully, yours doesn't involve making somebody cry. <laughs> No, no. Well, it's like trying to just choose because I've got four of them. I'm like, crap. Um, well, go to the really classic one, um, Goldeneye. Uh. When Goldeneye came on on the Nintendo, and I can't remember which system that was. Is one of the Nintendo systems? Is it 64? I think it was 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the four player split screens, and yes, that's when we we started realizing who. Who's screen watching? <laughs> somebody was watching somebody else uh, move in. Oh yeah, you you'll be like you bugger, you're screen watching me. <laughs> um, I, How did you know I was there? <laughs> okay, I know people that love that game so much. They set up a cardboard square type thing like a plus sign and they would put it on their monitor so that you couldn't see what the other person was doing without it being really really obvious that's brilliant that is bloody brilliant 
So, so funny way. Oh, we did. We used to do golden eye parties and part dark parties, but nothing like that. <laughs> so, um, well, cool. Well, I'm glad to see that we all had uh, some some cool gaming moments, and thanks to everybody who wrote in. You know, there's no reason that there wouldn't be a great gaming moments three show in a couple months. So, uh, you guys that are listening, um, let us know. Um, and just like Carter Phillips and Sally Diego and Arthur Knowles, we'll read your comments. On the air. How cool is that? You'll be famous. Famous. At least 12 people will hear your name. <laughs> so, so, uh, send us, uh, send us an email. The email is ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear your awesome gaming experiences. And, uh, Kelly and Todd, thanks so much for letting, letting, uh, come in today. You guys are like the yin and the yang. Kelly's got all the cute moments and Todd's got all the I really, really hurt somebody moments. So. <laughs> So very good. Uh, very good. So thank you all. Pain, pain can be fun. <laughs> That's true. I thought, Todd, you were going to bring up the one where uh, where you were killing your boss and pretending that the zombies were him. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to go back to that. <laughs> so we'll leave that story for another time. All right. Take care, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time in the lounge.